February 20, 2023. It's Watt from Pedro Show.
show happy monday start off the show with uh miles coltrane uh, miles davis with john coltrane doing fran dance putting a little right foot out and then Derek higgins with james ballerin doing i didn't hear it on the radio and because of those uh software engineers in the studio with their skype invention i got Derek higgins welcome aboard Derek. hey thank you mike so much for having me on the show i'm honored Absolute. And we got to give credit to our connect, Brian Day. Absolutely. A great guy. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. You know, it's, inter- it's interesting that you played Miles and um, John Coltrane. They've both been to my house when I was a kid. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Both my parents were par- were uh, musicians, and my dad uh, is originally from Chicago. Okay. Okay. And, uh, so when with- they were on tour, they'd come by? Yes. Yes, and actually, Johnny Griffin, you know who Johnny Griffin yeah, is? Yeah, of course. Well, he grew up like a brother to my dad, and so Johnny would just come to Omaha to visit us. So he insisted we call him Uncle Johnny. And Whoa. so we would get we would get visits like that as well. Okay, okay. And uh, how old were you? I was like, when I met John Coltrane, I was like six or seven. So it was like, it's an interesting story, if I can just tell it right quick. Yeah, please. Be- because um, both my parents are musicians, you know, I've been in love with music, music my entire life, but we, he, they would have a lot of people come through, jam sessions, etc. But I remember this this man in particular, I was just a kid, but there was something about his presence in the way my dad um, 
um, acted around him while he was at the house. He came for dinner of all things, you know. Yeah. But the way that I but the way that I remember that it was him is because I kept getting his name wrong, Mr. Cotane, Mr. Cotane, and I forget if it was my dad or my older sister who said, "No, Derek, it's like the rail yard, like a coal train. That's Mr. Coal Train." Okay. So you were, yeah. you, were, you lost the R. Yeah, <laughs> I was just a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, pretty bitching. What, did he uh, rap with you? Did you get to talk? Yes, I did. I actually sat on his lap and went to a record store with him and my dad. My um, Back in the day, they used to, you know, make uh, singles from the jazz albums. Right. And uh, I went along with my dad and John to a local record store to buy with my dad to buy John's latest single on Prestige. Okay. His first label. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just uh, on the eighth book now, the one by Ben Ratliff. I'm eighth biography on John Coltrane in the last year and a half. I've really been going mm-hmm. to town and learning about him. So I'm wondering about somebody who had actual personal experience. That's so, that's righteous. Truly, truly. You bet. Now, let's go back. What's your earliest music? That's an early musical memory, of course. But do you even have earlier yes, ones? I, I do, Mike. And um, I love the format of your show. I, I want to tell you, I've listened to a few of the uh, shows. And um, I actually remember this as well as my parents telling me. But they, they would remark to their friends that when I was still just a toddler in the uh, crib, that when they would play either Chuck Berry or the Everly Brothers, I would go nuts and rock. Whoa. But the thing is, I I remember um, getting off on Chuck Berry school days and Little Richard as um, maybe as young as four years old. Just that music just excited me. Those are my early memories. Whoa. And and since your parents were both musicians, there was instruments in the pad? Oh, man, yeah. What, it, yeah. What, did, what did you first jump on? My very first instrument was trumpet, actually. Okay. Which was my dad. Which was my dad's first instrument, but he became well known for playing uh, tenor sax. But I tried uh, trumpet first, couldn't get it. Then we tried flute. That was even worse. So I moved to sax. <laughs> and then by the, by the time you don't know grade, unless I, you I, try I, it, right? Go ahead. What's you, that? You don't know unless you try it. That's right. That's right. So I ended up on French horn by sixth grade, and that was my that was my school instrument. Before wow, I, picked I up heard those were rough because a little mouthpiece. Exactly, and yet and yet somehow I took to it. You know the bass man who also did uh, French horn? Huh? John Entwistle, the Who. In fact, he has a, right. a French horn solo on Pictures of Lily. That's right. You're which right. I got and, the music uh, I can for... remember seeing pictures of him playing the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I've hey, been... Mike, did you ever meet him? Did you ever meet John Entwistle? No, I wish I would have, but I got to see him play solo, so I was kind of close. Not at a club, yeah. not arena rock. And man, those fingers! Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And he was so loud. You know, half the stage was his amps, and. Uh, <laughs> but the, the the way he would use pick fingers slapping all in the same tune, yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was all vocabulary to him. Really, what was the first record you bought with your own money, Derek? That's a good one. I had to think about this. I cannot remember the title, but I remember that there was a five and dime store downtown, and I maybe was again maybe six or seven. And it was the first time I remember having any money at all, and I was able to buy a record for ten cents. And so I bought a single by Bobby Rydell, but it wasn't oh, a hit. Wow. Okay. 
That's the very first record I ever hey, bought. Why, why do you album. think you did? Why did you pick that one in particular? Well, it, okay. <laughs> it was the label, Cameo. You remember the, the, yeah, the label, sure, Cameo Records? Sure. I remember the band, too, later. <laughs> hey, I, I, actually, yeah. I actually worked the stage for Cameo one show, but it was good, the label, Cameo. Band. Okay, and yeah, I yeah, I remember. That, yeah, D.D. Sharp had a big hit on it, so I thought, well, it's probably going to be good. And I knew, the, I knew who Bobby Rydell was, but it wasn't a hit, so, you know, but I bought it, and that was my first single. Okay, what about the first gig you saw? Now that's that's interesting because as I said as a kid I was witness to a lot of jam sessions in the house. So the first show I went to was at a teen fun fair that my dad took me and my brothers and sisters to and it was um Nebraska band the Smoke Ring and then the Sir Douglas Quintet with Doug Som. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Mendocino, I mean, later on. Yeah, later. that was it. That <laughs> yeah. was it. That, okay, that was, it was, it was during that period. Time. Okay, okay. Okay, and then you were telling me at school, you, were, you weren't in the choir, but you probably were in the marching band with that French horn. I was, but I was also in the choir in church. Oh, okay, yeah, of course. A lot of rock and roll ca singers came out of the church. Yeah, yeah. My, and soul my, singers. My stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just part of the, it's part of the deal. Yeah, I think because you're allowed to get emotional, you know, why not? Mm -hmm. Well, my grandpa was the, was the was the was the minister of the church, you know. Everybody thought I was going to be a, a preacher too. So both both of John Coltrane's grandfathers were uh, Methodist preachers. Yes, yes, that spirituality is in the music. It's, yeah. You know, it is. Absolute, absolute. You know about it, Michael. I feel it I feel it coming from you. There's a spiritual connection for you, isn't there? Absolute, absolute. Absolute. Yes. Lifeline. I mean, it's how I know I'm awake. I'm alive. It's, there's a spirit, That's right. big spirit. So, That's right. you know the thing? I'm not talking about after school, like graduate, but in the afternoon. So the, the garage mm -hmm. band, the basement band, the bedroom band. Well, mm -hmm. did you do any of that? And You probably weren't rocking the French horn. That was more for school. So how'd you get on the bass yeah. guitar? Well, <laughs> I have to give credit to my older brother, James. He um, is two years older than me, and um, all of my brothers and sisters, I have um, two brothers, two sisters, and we're all artistic. And so everyone was playing in the band in school. He was the first one who got a guitar somehow, a bass. And um, oh wow! So you know he's old, you know so he's my older brother, so he wouldn't let me touch it. So <laughs> I would have I would have to sneak and play it when he was gone. <laughs> okay, so you taught yourself? Yes. Yes. And what'd you do? Like listen to records and try to play law? Man, let me tell you who blew my mind as a kid. Yeah. Made me want to play bass was Jack Bruce. Oh yeah, Korean. yeah, me too. Big influence on me. Oh my god. It's like it made the, the hair stand on up on the back of my neck. And so he was the first um person that made me want to try to play play the bass. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I had it. And it was track. records, yeah, records. Yeah, I had an eight-track, so it was hard to learn because there's no needle to pick up. <laughs> yeah, but, man, it, it was an anthology, and I really didn't know what the bass was. I was hearing it on the radio. Of course, James J was talking about James, but James Jamerson, right, all over those Motown, incredible bass. 
incredible, uh, yes. Right, but yes. I didn't really figure it out yet, you know, because the gigs I was going to was arena rock, so it was hard to hear what the bass actually was. Yes. So basically, so how old were you, Mike, when you were, when this was happening for you? Well, I, I was 12 years old when I met D. Boone, and his mother said, you guys are going to have a band, and every band's got a bass player, so you're going to play bass. And I didn't know what it was. The, <laughs> that the is pictures, wild. It looked like a guitar in the pictures with four strings. I didn't know they were bigger strings. For the first couple of years, I was playing a guitar with only four strings. And wow. when I first saw bass at Chuck Santa Music here in Pedro, I didn't know what mm -hmm. it was. They, they look like bridge cables. I said, no wonder there's just four. <laughs> look, 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 you gave me this uh, uh, this tune, Ramped. I want to play that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah.
some call sanity I've looked around and all I've found are prisoners like me like me is going to be a very special evening. I can tell when there are undercurrents in the air. So I'm going to drop back a little bit in history and read some poems and then uh, everything is kind of like a story. These are story poems. Of, uh, when you get my age, everything is... Uh, exponential and they grow like fractal patterns here so everything's hooked onto something else and then I'll end with a little bit of uh, what the tour is about is Bush bashing political stuff but the tone was kind of sad in a very special way because there are a lot of special friends here tonight Thank you. 
Yes, I asked him, please take the receiver off the hook. What? Were you in a phone booth? No, no, this was coming from somewhere else. Like the, the wailing of 5,000 whole riddled futures leaking good times and preemptive stomach cramps. I suppose it could be worse or, or it could be better. Mornings bring the anxious surprise of an overgrown bedwetter. Are you sure it ain't just your head going out in circles, you know, performing tricks, conjuring illusion, stuff like that? No, 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 this goes bigger. The warning signs were there. The drumskin's gone translucent. Its edges were about to tear. There's a, there's a static electricity frazzling snail shell hairs, and, you know, you can see guilt and anger and sadness and loss flowing around and, and falling quiet uh, around the kinetic air. Listen to my words, ye mighty. Please don't weep at my despair. I'd struggle to hear the things you say. My mind would not be present, you know. I'm only superficially there.
Off for Pedro's show, that chunk of music star with Derek Higgins doing Ramped. And then we had brand new from the library is on fire. <laughs> That's a band name. I think it's a, a, named after a book or a poem. Uh, Back Pockets, the tune. Steve McKay, brother Steve McKay, was the sax man, the Stooges. I got to serve 125 months with him. The Prisoner, I'm on bass here, and Iggs doing the, the singing. Uh, Charles Plymel, uh, with me backing him up, this was a live thing. I don't know, 15 years ago in Philadelphia. And it just came out. It's called Live in Fishtown. There's the north part of Philadelphia called Fishtown. Kind of near uh, where John Coltrane bought his first house for, with his GI Bill on 30 Street, 3rd Street by the zoo. Sunk Kevin after that, New Glow. Sunk Kevin, uh, that's the son of Ivan Julian, uh, who was on the show a couple editions ago. And uh, one of the guitarists from Richard Hell and Voidoid. Richard Hell, my first punk. I couldn't believe that a bass player could lead the band. Yeah, Derek, my thing on bass was, you know, because we're talking right the early 70s, and it was like, this yeah. is where you put your retarded friend. It's like right field in Little League. You know, nobody's going to get the ball. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, and then I found out, man, it was the greatest thing to ever got, get on, so I'm so grateful to D. Boone's mom. Balk after uh, that with I'll Get By, that's brand new. Uh, Guided by Voices. Caution song, Frequency Jones answers the phone, Cod O'Donnell from England, and then Swenson Klain from Canada with Skull in Hand, and finally Derek Havens with M-I-B, an acronym, huh? Men in Black. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, kind of comedy movie, right? Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. You know, um, can I make a comment? Yeah, bring you know, you were talking about how um, a lot of times in bands, the bass player would be kind of like the, the, the jerk that gets in on the side. Well, the you know, early, um, early 70s. I think it changed after the punk movement. I think we came up, you know, people had more respect for us because, I don't know, just different, well, more open agree. minds or something. But at first, I, I think agree. a lot of people didn't even know what it was. And then people yeah. who played, oh, no, I want to be the singer or the lead guitar player, not that drummer right. or that bass guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree that it's it changed. Punk kind of helped. But, you know, I started playing bands in the 70s. And when I started my my first band that I started um, um, in the early 80s, it was a band called Digital Sex. Oh, yeah. And um, I was the bass player, but I, I was the main writer and I started the band. But just like you were saying, everybody assumed I was the only black person in the band and they assumed that the white singer was the leader of the band. And that's <laughs> just like Doobie I, Brothers or something, or Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah, like just bit players, right? Little side Yeah, bites. right, but it was my band. You know? Yeah, well, that's what blew my mind about Richard. Man, he writes the songs. He's the band leader. How's that happen? Now, I found out right. later, later, Chris Squire actually was the leader of Yes. I found yes, out yes. later. Yeah. Yes. And I guess with Cream, it was a kind of a three-way tie with those guys. But yeah, it, it, it was like the conventional, quote, wisdom, unquote. Because yeah. actually, looking in, in the jazz scene, man, John Coltrane was always talking about bass players and how he listened to them when he was wailing. I think it was just a weird thing, uh, uh, thing that went along with arena rock. Because part of it was mm -hmm. the acoustics. Yeah, they didn't have good yeah. sound systems yet, and the places yeah. were made for sports, and so it was hard. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, kind of technical things. But now, it's, now, now they got bass amps. You know, I got this one that weighs hardly anything, right? Like forty pounds is twelve hundred watts. 
Yeah, yeah, I've got one of those little ones, indeed. And thank goodness for that, because we <laughs> broke our backs in the early days. Absolutely. So what was your first, what was the first band you got into? Was it your band, or did you join some guys, or, or cats in no, school? No, in, in my senior year in high school, I I connected with um, a childhood friend who's still a friend of mine, and started this band called Restricted. So I was like 16 going on 17, and I didn't even own a bass at the time. Um, I, they loaned me a bass, and... Um, it was cool because it was just starting out and we were doing the stuff that we loved. So we were doing Aerosmith and, and um, Ted Nugent even, but we, we were, we tried to be adventurous too. We played the Moody Blues and we played in the court of the Crimson King as well. Whoa. <laughs> There's a lot of notes in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I still got, uh, I've still got a cassette from the, uh, uh, the first band that was, my first band, I was 17. Yeah, restricted. We should tell people, 70s, people didn't write their own song. Everybody was copying off records, right? Right. It was still so new. We were really at the beginning of this whole phenomenon, Mike. We really were. We really were. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how long does restricted... Oh, can you remember the first restricted gig? Um, yes, because it was a small town. It wasn't Omaha. And when we got there, um, it was pretty, it was shaky because they weren't ready for a black person in this town. <laughs> it was an issue that I was even there. Even with rock so, and roll? Uh, say it again? Even with rock and roll? That's, oh, that's my so goodness. bizarre. Mike, that's let so me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you, the next band I was in, just right quick, uh, not to jump, but the next band was this band called Full Clip, Hard yeah. Rock. It was still in the 70s. Yeah. It was still an unusual thing to see mixed race bands that weren't playing clubs. We, I mean, we made the news because I'm in the band, you know. But, <laughs> but what about but Jimmy? We were, really, we were really good, though. We were really good. What you didn't give me any music, though. Damn. We we didn't. We okay. The reason is we we didn't get that far. Oh, I was in okay. a band full of bikers who were on speed and, and, and meth. And we could, it was a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a good plan. No, we but, could jam hard. Yeah. And the Hells Angels actually wanted us to be their band, the, the, uh, the local uh, chapter. We told them no, and they liked us even more. So they gave us these um, protection pieces to deal with uh, bikers and bars. But it was just a crazy time. We were too busy playing and having good gigs and getting high, and we, we, we never recorded a damn thing. Okay, Ooh. it was just live. Okay, because you know, that's because Jimmy was big, mm -hmm. and, and you know, uh, yes. George Clint was taught that's why he put together Funkadelic, right? Like, right, maybe right, kids want right. to go see black guys, you know, Little Richard, yeah. right? Rock and Roll, and Chuck Berry, you were saying right. it goes way back, Bo Diddley, so why not? Right. And then Jimmy playing his brains out, you know, with these guys from England. But then it didn't translate, huh? It was just, just Jimmy. That's not, all we not, want. Not not exactly. Not exactly. And check out the connection. Buddy Miles is from Omaha. I, I knew oh, Buddy. Band I of Gypsies. Miles' family. Oh, really? It, I love yeah. that Band of Gypsy record. Yeah, Buddy Miles. Yeah, I remember him. It was a big deal to us when he got his gig with Wilson Pickett way before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Hendrix. And then he had his own electric flag thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm still friends with those guys. Some of those guys are still uh, alive and in Omaha. They're, we're friends, yeah. That's great. Changes. Yeah, I also, I also like to share that I'm in the Nebraska uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame along with Buddy Miles and Randy Meisner. 
Well, oh, Randy, man. Yeah, yeah. another base man. Yeah. They kicked him out of the Eagles, right? They did, yeah. He was, made a band or, called... Uh, for his own good, actually. <laughs> I think he made a band called Poco or something. He did some kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a Nebraska guy. Actually, he's really good. Good-looking man, too. I remember, I remember when the Eagles first started. It was kind of the Burrito Brothers guys, yeah. Correct, correct. And they were good. I liked them at first. So so what did you do after high school? Did you go to higher education for music? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I went to college down in Albuquerque for a little while. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't get a, didn't get a degree. Really ended up down there getting involved, you know, like you do, kicking on the streets. Yeah. Um, came back to Omaha and then started playing music while I was working and um, uh, and going to school. And uh, I never completed a degree, but I became a mental health professional. That's I'm a retired mental health professional. Okay. And um, and so all the time that I was doing band, I was working, um, kind of afraid. Again, I want to give you credit, Mike, because um, Minutemen and Black Flag, when you guys went out and basically carved those gigging routes for bands like me, it was like it was it was that's what I wanted to do. I was at work, working in the hospitals, working in the community centers, um, meeting these kids. I met a lot of punk kids in the mental hospital. And it was like, it was like, I want to be a part of this, you know, and you kind of um, laid that path on. I just want to kind of give you some credit there, you know? Well, you're most kind. You know, the Black Flag guys should really get credit for building that circuit. Oh, man. They did. Chuck Dukowski's phone. But look, Derek, we're at the end of the first hour. Uh, February 2020, 23, Dishwap Pedro Show special guest, Derek Higgins. Hold tight for our two. February 20, 2023, it's second hour of the Waffle Pedro Show.
time has been rough But I'm fucking tough So please don't think poorly of me Cigarette breath I do my best So please Don't think poorly Of me Now when you can Go further Just reach for the sky And when you can Hold on any longer Don't curl up and
This one is called Okay. Because when I when I play it, I feel okay. I want you to feel okay.
for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour with Derek Higgins doing Ghost Wave and Sam Lockward out of Iowa City. Iowa. Mm-hmm. Don't think poorly. Omaggio AEM Francisco Fusaro Fros. <laughs> That's quite a title. Uh, Cunningham slash Volt slash Sarah out of Spain. This is Mark Cunningham from Mars, that old new wave band out of New York City with Touch and Go. Uh, Dalman Rumpin from Head and Force Trio and Raul Cantizano, Romance Diwan Garcia, uh, GAS Drummers. Oh, yeah, Sevilla band, Spain. Uh, Balcanas with Hombre um, um, Solo, Man Alone, you know that gig. And finally, Derek Higgins was so sorry, pardon me, something live called OK. Yeah. So you come back from. Uh, New Mexico, back to Omaha, start working in the hospital, but you're still doing bands and music. Yeah. Uh, do you put, do you join bands or do you start bands? Well, I did both. Um, there was one time I was in six I, I bands like that at idea. the same time. I like that idea because I think life's about taking turns. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like, I like, I like to collaborate. I like to play a lot of different types of stuff. And back then when yeah. I was young and had the energy, I play, I played with Anybody that wanted to play, yeah. Six bands at once. Wow. Yes, yes. <laughs> You've done that, haven't you? Yeah, 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 I have. It's one of the righteous things about bass because, you know what I mean, you're kind of like glue, you know, and people need glue. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Very, very interesting role. Uh, it's still mysterious, I think. We're kind of, I, I remember, you know, we were talking about when I first found out about bass. Oh, yeah, four-string guitar. But as time has gone on, I'm thinking, no, four-string drum set. There you go. Because I here, appreciate here, that. Here's my idea. You know the Fender 6, there's a tenor guitar, uh, baritone guitar. And it's yes. tuned like a bass guitar, an octave lower than a guitar. But because of them little strings, it don't have the same sounds. Don't right. have the punch. Right, right. I agree. You got to have the big thick shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 And, and yeah. so, th- this live thing. What was this from? This okay. Oh, it's from uh, a couple of years ago. It was from a. Um, it was actually during COVID. It was supposed to be a, a local music festival, and uh, because of COVID, it had to go remote. So okay. I was at the slowdown um, here in Omaha and um, playing to the. <laughs> I'm playing to the uh, the camera crew, and you know, yeah. But um, it worked. It worked. Yeah, and the ghost wave. Ghost wave. That's that's from um, you know. I do a lot of stuff here at home where I record all the parts myself. Um, ah, that's uh, great. You got maybe, a little studio set up there. Yeah, more yeah. and more musicians are doing this. I love it. Yeah, that's what I do. And um, just right quick, Mike, are you playing these days? Are you uh, gigging these days? Right now, my knees hurt, so no gigs. But I, I have a little studio on my pad, and I record all the time, so I can relate. Okay, very much, very cool. But I got to get this knee fixed before I do some more gigs. But I got yes, a tour. Bless you I, on the I, knee. I, I think a tour is coming in. I might even be in Omaha in September, October. Excellent. Well, if so, I'll be seeing you. Okay. And along those lines, uh, you have a ton of fans in Omaha, and they wanted me to all say, say hi to Mike for me. So that's it. <laughs> Omaha says, hello, Mike, what? I say hi right back. I've done buttloads of gigs. I remember a record store named Homer's. I remember one place yes, downtown, yes. the PA caught fire. And this was fire on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it out with my jacket. The gig kept going. <laughs> That's yeah. wonderful. I can't remember That's the name yeah, of the Homer's, pad. Homer's is still open. Okay. I Homer's. used to work there. Yeah, one time it was snowing so bad. Uh, that, yeah, that we were playing an in-store in there. Yeah, okay. You used to work there. Oh, yeah. You, you gave me this thing called Chemicals, and it's kind of a jam. 
Yeah, it's a band that I started in, in 2016 that I wanted to keep together with a bunch of younger guys, um, a lot of improv involved, trying to do a jazzy thing. It was really hard to keep it together, but I'm still working with the horn players. They're all going to be on my uh, next solo album, which I'm actually doing a recording session after I do this. I have, I'm have i in the studio today working on it. Ah, great. Well, let's listen to the, you just call it Jam 316.22. Yep. Thank you. 
It's a prophet on earth today. Gotta go to church and learn to pray. Pray in school, sin is in. Won't crucify him for his sin. He's a false prophet. Watch for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with chemicals doing jam 31622. Oh, P. You put the letter P on there too. There and then, you go. Okay. Fluke after that was Sunday morning. Fine with honey. Anchorage, Alaska. Muskeg Mudsuck is the name of the Proj. Fiona's the song. Who would leave their son out in the sun? This is a demo from Have a Nice Life. And Ray Shin out of Reno with Nightstand. And finally, False Prophet. From RAF. Yes, my what? band. Okay, tell me about this band. RAF. That's coming out of the hardcore punk scene here in Omaha. Okay. Okay. That we're st- we we started at about eighty four, eighty five, and those guys were all like 15, 20 years younger than me. It was it it, it really kind of came out of what I was telling you. Like yeah, I was um, working in the mental health system, and a lot of kids who were on the punk scene were in and out of the hospital constantly. Yeah. Some of them needed to be there. A lot of it was because they were just problem kids for the family, you know. Yeah. But anyway, um, that band has ended up being one of the longest running bands I've been in. Um, we were very much inspired by like t- Battalion of Saints. Oh yeah. And uh, and the and uh, adolescents and stuff. Yeah. And, Orange uh, County. It's just um, to me, it's like therapy playing with the band it's like a, such a release you know and um we we never formally like did a band thing where we went on tour or anything but we put on a cassette we're waiting for the test pressing for our al- new album to come out but we played with a lot of the bands that would come through dead kennedys you know you, you know Kreutzen. yeah i can't even think of all the bands we played with you know yeah um, it's a very important part of my life, you know, the, the, that energy. It was right. never about the, the look. It was about the energy. And do you write a lot of the material? Yeah, yeah. Okay. In REF, we write together, yes. Yeah. So oh, you, it's collaboration, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really looking forward. Test pressing was supposed to be here last week, and we're still waiting. You know how everything is. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a little backlog. 
especially with the vinyl. Yep. That's a trip how vinyl yep. came back. Also, cassettes. Yes. Made yes. a comeback, yeah. Yes, they have. Most likely the session I'm doing with Brian Day this weekend will likely end up on a cassette. Oh, he's going to Omaha. Yeah, he'll be here this weekend, and we're doing a session here at my house. We're going to do a recording session. You know what he made for me? was a string exciter. You know, I tried to use an Ebo, and they're, they're made for guitars. It didn't work so well. So he made me a custom string exciter for the bass. Yeah, and it works, right? Yeah, I used it with Al Margolis and Walter Wright. This improvised. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, yeah good, good good cats. and he He's an incredible cat. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I just uh, I've been playing some of his prods. He's got something called Anti Strawberry. Okay. Yeah, and it's trippy. I mean, he's very adventurous. A lot of those cats up in the Bay Area, you know, uh, yeah, they, they let the freak flag fly. I mean, uh, I love totally, it. Totally, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. And what does RAF stand for? Something? Yeah, really are fucked. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, that was coming out. That was coming out of it was the Reagan era. Okay, yeah, right. 80s. And, yeah. And that's how things looked. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when when we needed when we needed to say something nice, we say, "Oh, it means ready, aim, fire." But no, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first RAF gig? Um, my first RAF gig because I wasn't the first bass player. Oh wow! Oh, okay. this. No, so yeah, actually it was a high band. school band. Okay. It was a high school band, and I'm older than those guys. And right, I kept right. running into them at these shows. It was at an Epogee show where they finally cornered me and said, okay, I'll give you guys a shot, okay? Because I kept saying to them, you guys are just a bunch of punks. Get away from me, you know? How'd they know but, you were a bass man? Uh, say it again? How'd they know you were a bass man? Um, because of my band, Digital Sex. Oh, they and, saw that uh, band. Several other bands that I was in. I can't even call all the bands I was in. I actually had another punk band called Elvis and His Boss, named after a residence song. <laughs> so so they probably caught some of that. Okay. But that's bitching. They pursued you. I remember FG, Chicago band. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, yeah. And, and, and so do you remember the first time playing with them? You know, I'm gonna have to be honest. I can't remember the very first show. I remember some of the early shows because it was um, it was a trial by fire. You know, I was older than everyone. You know, and I'm I was for the most part I was the only black person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And here in the Midwest, and in here in the Midwest, there is a, a real redneck um, contingent in everything. Yeah. And so from the beginning, I remember that there was tension, and then I kind of like. People got used to me, you know. That's that's what I guess that's what I could say about the first gigs. I don't remember the first gig. I wish I could. You know, I grew up Navy housing, and by the '60s, very integrated with the enlisted men. So I didn't grow up like that. I had such a trip. You not you you know because in the Navy housing, you think the whole world's like that. It wasn't <laughs> fucked up. Well, I get the vibe from you. Yeah, Mike, I get that vibe from you that you are a you're a, a planetary citizen. That's what I call myself. That you. <laughs> You see people as people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe yeah. that's the way yeah. I brought up, you know. I remember Yeah. Yeah. You're all you're all sailor sons. That remembers one cat well, <laughs> one one guy had the shore yeah. duty and that's what he told us. You're all sailor sons. Uh, look, we're at the end of the uh, second hour, uh, February twenty 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 three. Dish Watt Peter special guest, Derek Higgins. Hold tight for our three. February twenty 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 three, third hour, what for Pedro show.
I'm about to drown in my own tears. I, 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 I'm standing on shaky ground. Ever since you put me down, I, 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 I'm standing on shaky ground. Ever since you put me down, 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 yeah.
the D E A L. Yeah, the D E A L. Oh, the D E A L. Well, the deal involves confronting an elitist audience with the bloody fucking horror of its complacency. Feeling guilty because we feel that way. 
kind of worried about the USA. Feel that way about the USA. Things are messed up in the USA. Tongues are tied, people turn away. Had a party and we kept it light. Grievance lurks in the night. Stick a fork in the USA. Feeling crummy because we feel that way. Pretty worried about the USA. Do you feel that way in the USA? Feeling ugly about the USA. Cash your check and look the other way. Things are messed up in the USA. Feeling bummed because we feel that way.
for Pedro Show. We start off third hour with Red Higgins, Just Good Music, standing on shaky ground. And Chip Kimman, this was the guitar man in the Dills, he's doing electronic music. People, music is music. Don't matter on the device, right? Let the freak flag fly. San Francisco Fog, 1977 is a tune. Ella Swan after that, Basement Suite. Dumbass used with the, D, the D-E-A-L. For those who can spell. Dan Jones and Squids out Kansas City with a demo of the National Mood. And finally, Mana, Mirage, love song for a country. So let's hear about your pop's band. Yeah, well, you know, uh, my dad, um, he was a he was a, a, a jazz man. And when we were real little, he was still on the road playing, uh, doing gigs with people like Stan Kenton and uh, um, Gene Ammons, uh, yeah. Lee Konitz. Yeah, Lee Konitz. Yes, yeah, he played with Lee. And my parents separated when we were um, young teens, and my dad came back when about the time I graduated. Yeah. And he had said he'd always had this idea of wanting to do a family band, like a jazz version of the, of the Jackson 5. And um, <laughs> yeah. my brothers, all my brothers played. We all played, so he said, well, yeah, we'll give us a shot. And so we started this band, um, Red Higgins and Sons, just good music involving some other local um, talent besides us. And we played, you know, everything from jazz standards to to funk. And we had a couple of originals and uh, that lasted for a few years. And then I knew that really what I wanted, I was playing drums at the time, actually. Whoa. <laughs> in that band. Yeah, yeah. I'm the drummer. So, and that's the only instrument I ever took lessons on, actually, Mike, was drums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but the rocking thing was like, well, that's what I really want to do. And so I was the one that quit. I quit the, 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 the family band. You're the one who quit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I broke it up. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. And, wh- and what about Mana Mirage? Well, okay, now, are you at all familiar with um, the progressive rock um Canterbury School, Soft Machine, Caravan. Drummer man, uh, Robert Wyatt, right? Robert Wyatt, yes. Fell out of a window. Okay, so yes. So the Muffins back in the 70s were an American band on the East Coast that started writing and doing music in that vein. They put out an album in the 70s called Mana Mirage. Okay. The leader of the the band uh, is a, a sax player, keyboardist named Dave Newhouse. After the band broke up, he has continued into recent years with this project called Mana Mirage. And we, I've never met him in, in, in real life, but I ended up befriending him and I play at least one track on the last three albums, you know, long distance. Trading files via the internet. Yes, yes. And they're one of my favorite, my, the Muppins were one of my favorite bands out of America doing that progressive rock thing. So to me, this is a great honor to be a part of part of its history. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of history, you also gave me a digital sex song. So okay. I want to play Whisper Words. Okay. Never heard fully aware 
and keychains Grand Theft Auto and a new name Mug shots, assumed identities Motor losses and amenities Texaco in the headlights The flash of a pistol on a dark night Wanted posters and headlines 20 years served good Cause a mistrial
Pedro okay. Show. Last music for this edition. Started that chunk off with Digital Sex doing Whisper Words. And then the Sonic Prophets after that, uh, North Carolina with Brave New Girl. Where I go, I am there. Luke Stewart, Luke Stewart Jarvis Earshaw Quartet. Luke Stewart, stand-up bass player, Chicago, but he just recently moved. Uh, David Gerard after that with Night Falls from his new record. And then finally, Derek Higgins with Start Anew. I thought it would be great for the last song to be started <laughs> <laughs> All right, right but, but but uh, but hippest to uh, digital sex. You guys had uh, some success in, in France. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I was very much inspired to start the band Digital Sex from post punk. Um, Wire and Joy Division were the bands that made me think I can do this. Oh yeah, and so that was that was uh, the band. Those were the bands that inspired me to start the band, and um, it was also the post punk thing where. You know, I put out an ad in the record stores looking for people like-minded. The only person that responded was this guy who ended up being the singer. And I agreed to work with him. He had really no musical talent, but he looked good, okay? <laughs> he, gets mad, he gets mad at me for telling the truth about the story about how I started the band, but that, that's it, okay? But the deal is, we, you know, I you had know, this music. I got to tell you, Derek, speaking of yeah. Jimmy, that's how he picked Noel Redden. Noel Redden thought he was going to be the rhythm guitar guy, but he said Jimmy liked his hair. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, you you got the look, guy. You got the, yeah, you got yeah. the look. Right. You know, now, honestly, um, the bass player, Noel Redding, he, was, he really wasn't much of a bassist, was no, he? No, no, Jimmy didn't like him. That's why he got Billy, his army buddy. Yeah, well, yeah, he did the right thing. So anyway... Um, Digital sex kind of like locally, it took off really rather quickly. And then we decided, well, we're going to make a single. And then, of course, we have the, uh, the the problem. So we break up. But then we say, well, this music's too good. So we got to record it. So we got back together and made the album, pressed it ourselves. Steve was very enterprising. And so he was the one that had the idea, let's send it all over, the, the, all over you know, college radio, whatever but not just the U.S. It got picked up in, the, in uh, the south of France, Rouen, France in particular. And um, uh, we they would send us the playlist. We were like number one on the local radio there for like two weeks. And it led to us getting um, a deal with the label Sordide Sentimental. You ever heard of that label? French label, yeah. Yes, they put out limited editions of Joy Division, Tuxedo Moon, Psychic yeah. TV. But they asked us, would you like to be our first compact disc release? This was the beginning of compact disc making. Uh, it was like, hell yes. So that's that's part of our story. Wow, wow. So you told me you're going to be recording right after we get done spieling here. And, and play, yeah, and yeah. What, got a horn, horn player coming in. And, 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 and this is for chemicals? No, no. This is for my, I'm doing three projects at once right now. Okay. I have, I'm working on my next solo album, um, which will be put out by FPE Records out of Chicago. They did my last album. I'm working on this collaboration with um, Blake, um, the trumpeter from Chemical. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on this morning. He's, he, we're we're, we're um, making some good headway on that. And then Saturday when Brian comes by, yeah. most likely that will end up, we'll end up releasing that as well. But I've been preparing for that. I, I do field recordings, and I've just, I'm just set up some very interesting things for Brian to um, respond to with his instrument. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I, I wish I was there to experience it. Where can people find you on the Internet? 
on Bandcamp, Derek Higgins Bandcamp, and then I'm on YouTube, Derek Vaughn. Okay. Derek Vaughn. I should uh, tell people, spell it D-E-R-E-C-K, people, because there's a couple ways to spell yes. Derek. So that's yes. Mr. Higgins, H-I-G-G-I-N-S. That's it. That's okay. it. Yeah, so uh, use your search engines and search them out there and, and listen to the tunes. One day you're going to mm-hmm. get your own website, though. That's like having your own fanzine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One day. So, so Mike, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Well, I have a question. So, um, yeah. I do, um, I do a regular um, YouTube um, channel and review records and talk about records. And not uh, a while back, someone sent me a single of yours, uh, a song called "Shit on Me." Oh yeah, actually a dirt, uh, dick song that I covered. Okay, so um, was that just like a one-off, or was that an actual band you had? No, that's the Second Man. That's the band I put together to do my second opera, the Second Man's Middle Stand, back in two thousand five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So uh, it's organ, drums, bass, trio. And uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, no guitar. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, you know, I already had a trio with a guitar, so why not try one with an organ? I yes, always yeah. loved when I was a boy. You know, you remember back in before the uh, Casios and stuff. Keyboards cost a lot of money. Me and Deep Boone never got money, to play yes. with keyboard guys, and we right, love that right. song "Sister Ray" by Velvet Underground. So one day I wanted yeah. to play with an organ player. Hmm. So that's go. what the second man are well, Look, when you get done with these projects, these three things you got going, uh, will you mm-hmm. come back on the show and we can play the music and talk about it? I would absolutely love that, Michael. I would love that so much. Okay. I really appreciate this so much. You know, um, I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Thank well, you so much. Right back, 100%. It's mutual. Yeah, and right, I know we're at almost out of time, but yeah. can you just share a little bit about when you played with Iggy Pop? I can't imagine how cool, well, I played with how, the Sto- how I helped, intense that must have been. Yeah, I, I played with the Stooges, actually. He always called it the Stooges. Okay. It, you know, he's a, yeah, he always saw it as a band. And now, you know, he's got his thing, too. Uh, yes. But he had a lot of respect for the Ashton Brothers and Brother Steve. And for me, it was a total mind blow. It was like me getting to go to the, to the well, you know, not yes. not second, third hand, but I got to go right to the source. So yes, I felt, always felt yeah. I owed those guys my best notes. I had to play my best. If you read the tour diaries, I'm always agonizing over that because I just wanted to do good for them. And you did. You, you were the right person. Like I said, you know how to mash the bass. You know what I mean when I say that word? <laughs> mash that motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, some people yeah. say play bass. I say, no, wrestle the bass. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. I can't um, wait to have you back the best... on the show. Can't wait back to have you back. I'd love it. I'd love it. Thank you so much, Michael. Okay. People, February 2023, 20, this Watt Peter shall keep you powdered. Right?